0: With over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach Podcast, episode number 194, and it is time for our Tech Coach Roundtable. We got some amazing instructional coaches on today, all talking about the topics that are heading our way as we end the school year. I want to bring on my first guest, a returning podcast host from here, Mr jennifer thomas jen how are you today welcome back to ask the tech coach
2: i'm great jeff thanks for having me back again i feel so spoiled that i get to come back so soon this is great
1: it is great to have you on here how are things going how is the school year ending for you
2: uh things are good it's finally nice and getting nice and warm in rhode island so that's been exciting um the school year is winding down we have 26 days not that i'm counting um, and things are things are going well i'm just continuing to support my teachers till the very end and um, get them ready for summer mode
1: you and me and every other coach that's out there just trying to make sure that our teachers have what we need i'm sure everybody right now is in that device collection mode now that we're you know it's the beginning of june we're we're behind us with all of those standardized testings and I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're going to be talking about today. I want to bring on our next guest, Miss Barbara Scully. Barbara, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach.
3: Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah, so I am, I would like to say I'm a self-proclaimed tech coach for my school building here in the great state of Washington. So I am West Coast and I work in the largest high school in the state of Washington at Chiawana. Yes, we, I think we're projected to have 3,300 high school students, 9 through 12, this coming school year.
1: And, and and are you the only instructional coach, or are there other coaches supporting all those teachers?
3: Well, we have some. We have a couple of instructional coaches. I think they are uh, positions are getting moved around this coming school year. But we do not have a, a like an official technology instructional coach. So I have taken it upon myself with learning all of our systems uh, just because. I like technology. It's linear. And so I I really enjoy it and it makes sense to me. So I've taken it upon myself to start putting out stuff and
1: helping fellow colleagues. And that is what we're here to do today figuring out how we're going to do that support them through the end of the year into the summer. And I also want to bring onto the show Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? It is so great to have an amazing panel of instructional coaches here isn't it
4: yes i'm so excited to have these ladies with us it's nice to have a little round table besides just uh jeff and i conversing which you know we do a great job at so as you're listening to this episode school is out here in kentucky here at the beginning of june and uh, my family and i as we record are finishing planting our garden so lots of good stuff going on in 85 degree weather in may
1: We've been seeing a lot of great pictures of you and your family, Sue, out there in the garden with the rototiller. And you know what? There's also a lot of great stuff happening on social media in the world of instructional coaching. You can, of course, support this show and find all the stuff that we're doing over on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Head on over to AskTheTechCoach.com. And you know what? Now is the best time to sign up for our free membership sites. We have one on Facebook which is almost at 500 instructional coaches. And we've got a great uh, instructional coaches network over on LinkedIn. If you're more into the professional side of coaching, Um, we got almost 200 members of that. So we got a lot of great stuff going on there. Every single week, we've got some new things. We're constantly producing free online courses, and we're going to be doing a lot of great uh, daytime and even after our professional development over the summertime. So head on over to ask the tech coach, check out our instructional coaches network, this is Ask the Tech Coach uh, podcast for instructional coaches. And, you know, Sue, we got a lot of topics today. I am so thrilled about what happened last week. We talked all about our brand-new show that's being launched with our friends at the ISTI community leaders called The Edge. Yes. And I'm so thrilled that it is now launched. You guys can link to it. We're going to have all of our show notes in. But we just launched Episode 1 and Episode 2 talking all about the ISTE conference I am so looking forward to seeing what the, uh, what the public thinks about this new ISTE Community Leaders Podcast.
4: Yeah, it was a great conversation last week, and uh, being able to hear um, the leader of ISTE uh, talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff, it was just so enlightening, so I can't wait to listen to these new episodes in full.
1: You know, Barbara, we talk a lot about professional development here. Have you had a chance to experience ISTE or any large uh, professional conferences?
3: Well, professional conferences, yes, but unfortunately not with ISTE. And for the last four years, I have been trying to attend an ISTE conference because I was I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I was the one that introduced my technology, my tech literacy teachers to ISTE about what the ISTE standards were. And I was a brand new teacher at that point, and they had never heard of ISTE yet. So hoping, hoping that in the future I will be able to participate in an ISTE conference, because I just think that
1: would be amazing well the next best thing is of course to be a a subscriber and a follower of the podcast you can head on over to apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts even on amazon check it out it is called the edge it is an ISTE community leaders podcast we have a round table of teachers on each and every time we're going to be doing about two episodes a month and uh well we're we're putting out three i will say before the conference and then we're gonna have some fun over there at the summertime so if you're interested in that check that out over there called the edge now one of the things that i'm excited about this is that being called ask the tech coach we do have a lot of coaches that ask questions and over in our instructional coaches Uh, community on facebook we had a question come in and i am so thrilled that we have everybody here to ask this question i feel like casey case i'm reading this question but it starts as this our department is going through a district realignment uh it's happened before when they were basically a smaller campus really what's happening right now is this particular instructional coach is being moved from the elementary level to the secondary level and the instructional coach is basically asking us what is it like to teach at the secondary level what is the difference between elementary coaching and secondary coaching how does it all work um i'm going to open it up because jen you've been coaching k-12 am i correct in that what what, what's your specialty jen thomas um nine to twelve Nine twelve, excellent. And Barbara, you're nine twelve.
2: I've done middle school. I've done middle school too, but mostly mostly high school.
1: Well, Jen, let me throw the question to you first. What is it like teaching or coaching nine twelve, and how do you think it's different than teaching elementary coaches or elementary teachers?
2: Um, this isn't too far fetched a question for me actually, because I'm I'm on a team of uh, ITSs, instructional technology specialists there are five of us and there are five schools. So I work really closely with elementary tech coaches. Um, so I do get a glimpse into their days. The, the day-to-day work is very different just because the needs of the schools are so different. Um, but I think I, like, I'm I'm always going to go back to this, the relationships thing. I think that like, you know, transitioning from, uh, elementary to secondary it's, even though she's going to be, I assume this person's going to be in the same district. Is that what you said, Jeff? Sorry, you guys cut out for a second.
1: Going to be in the same district, just basically moving to the upper grades. You're,
2: you're moving schools, but whether you're moving within the district or without the outside of the district, you're still changing your teachers and the demographics of the school. So I feel like it's just about rebuilding those relationships again. And I don't think any type of like coaching um, strategies you have need to change. I think it's, you know, I think obviously the content will be a lot different. I think that would probably be the most challenging thing for this person. Um, The con the, you know, the curriculum, the content, things like that, understanding what teachers are teaching and the dynamics of departments versus, you know, grade level teams. That's a big difference in high school is that you have almost these like academies with these different academic departments rather than, you know, K to five. Um, So but honestly, I think really, you know, focusing on the, the relationship building for at least that first year is what I would recommend this person do um, or anybody who's changing grade levels. It sounds uh, overwhelming. You know, I think I think about going down to the lower grades and it kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety thinking about that because it's a totally different animal. Um, And it really, I mean, even if you're a tech coach in one K to five school, the needs in another K to five school might be completely different. So nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to be effective until you have those relationships and that foundation built with those teachers. So that would be my step one in the, you know, however many multi-step process of tech coaching it entails. Yeah, that's definitely huge is building that relationship
4: by far first and foremost when we talk about that so often i mean i've done a little bit of both i mean right now my title is k through 12 and um, i'm on a two to two or three campuses that are um we're all on one campus we're a private school and then i have a partner who does um, just the middle school and high school but i've done it all in a previous district i've been a middle school high school coach i've been an elementary coach and you know you just have to you know, know to change that mindset, and know the teachers are going to be a little bit different in their approaches. Um, I don't know if the word um, laid back is the right word, but you know, just think about elementary people; they're more all over the board because across the content areas whereas your high school people are going to be more focused in a content area and i've always said that's kind of been my downfall as a coach is trying to walk into a high school calculus teacher's class when you know i'm an elementary background person but you know technology integration is technology integration i don't have to know how to do that calculus i just have to know how to coach her and encourage her to use technology to the fullest extent What do you think,
1: Barbara?
3: Yes, absolutely. Well, always just like what you're mentioning, uh, relationships, if somebody does not feel safe, they are not going to ask the question. Um, So when it comes to being able to pop into somebody's room, I, I can tell you from just from my experience today, my principal popped into my classroom while I was teaching and it totally threw me off guard and with that and he was he was there to ask me a question because being a department head and I was in but I was in the middle of my instruction and focusing on that and the trying to give that instruction I got really flustered with myself but then started pacing throughout the room trying to bring myself back to track without my students thinking oh she's fine and then being able to go step out in the hallway and and have a quick chat with them and he was just like wow that was really cool to see you I I saw that I kind of startled you but watching you bring yourself back into that alignment that was really neat to see and I'm like well well thank you because all of a sudden he was he was recognizing what he had done And, but then he paid me a compliment, which then gave me like, oh, that validation that I'm okay. Okay. He's not there to judge my teaching. He was, he just happened to be there to ask me a question at the very beginning of my class. So that relationship and being able to come in with that approach of,
1: Uh, uh, just yeah just paying that compliment i would assume that when moving from you know either building to building or grade level to higher grade level or even between districts i mean right now you've got your thing you've got your teachers you got your generals even though you're in the same district you're really starting your job over You're, you're starting those relationships over you really are back in year one let's change the expectations you might you know, you're, you're lurking again. I would also imagine, and and help me out with this one because I mean, this year I've been mostly primary K to five, whereas I was K twelve before. If you're working in elementary, they do that lesson once. Like you're you're gearing up to teach that lesson one time, whereas with you know middle school and high school, they're teaching it four to five times a day or a week or something like that. So the opportunity to have those meaningful coaches of I do, we do, you do, that's a lot easier in the high schools. Would you say that? Because you really can do the I do, we do, you do, where an elementary is like, we're doing it. I'm either going to help you. I'm going to co-teach it for you. Uh, get out of my way. I'm doing it for you. Like, what do you think about just the, the more opportunities to, to be hands-on with your teachers and students?
4: Time definitely lends itself differently in the grade levels. The I do, we do, you do approach definitely is going to be because at the elementary, you're trying to fit everything in, and as an elementary teacher, you're trying to fit everything in. Whereas that's the a little bit of a maybe a pro in the high school level where you are focused on just one content area, and not that you have that much more time, but it just seems like it's uh, what distributed differently.
3: Well, it's distributed differently, but you also have to think about, like, are you on a trimester schedule in the middle school, high school, that secondary level? Or are you at the semester? Uh, Are you on block schedule? Um, You have to really hone in at what content people are teaching, because you you can have different teachers teaching English, but they could be at different stages of English. Uh, you could have English two, English three, English four um, versus and also being a I'm CTE. So that's career and technical education. So with CTE, we have multiple preps and trying to juggle all of that uh, and finding the right person or that right instructional coach to come in and observe in a non-threatening way to. Um, to take away and then be able to say, "Oh, I I noticed you were doing this. Have you ever thought about bringing this in or this component of technology? Since this is a technology <laughs> session,
1: I I, I wrote, once wrote a blog post and I, I love this blog post, but it was basically the writing the difference between you know being a tech coach and being a tech conductor, and and I liken the fact that. When you're a orchestra conductor, you've got a lot of violins, but you only have one principal oboe or one principal trumpet. And in the violin section, you have a violin section leader. Sometimes it's okay to pick up their instrument and play. And then you know that if you can teach the section leader, the other violins are going to do the same thing. So I changed that around. And when I'm thinking about this question and this instructional coach, if you've got multiple fourth grade teachers You really can make one lesson, and if you're lucky, you can affect three or four or five people, whereas you got one high school biology coach, and you're never going to walk into that room and teach them how to do high school biology, but you can teach them how to infuse digital learning skills, whereas with your elementaries, you might be able to teach them how to teach math better. If you've been a math teacher before, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but just the fact that in an elementary school, you've got more of the same, maybe it's easier versus being in the high school where. Help me out here.
2: Well, I like the. Um, as a violinist, I... I really appreciate that analogy, Jeff. Oh, do I keep cutting out you guys? I'm sorry. Um, You're okay. I, I was just mm-hmm. saying, as a violinist, okay, as a violinist, I really appreciate that analogy because. I have been in a violin section and I have sat first chair before. So that's great. I love it. Anyway, um, I want to comfort this teacher who asked the question. And Jeff, I totally understand what you're saying about maybe it's easier at the lower grade levels. But I I like like what Sue said, the, the I do, I do, we do, you do. I use that all the time because these teachers do have multiple sections a lot of the time, especially I'm thinking of one particular English teacher who I... I did model the first lesson we co-taught the second time through, and then she did it all by herself the third time. And that's happened a multiple, multiple, multiple numbers of times. I, I used to be on speed dial with her and she's calling me less and less often now, which I'm kind of sad about, but also kind of like, yes, this is working. Like this model is working. They also talk to each other, like team, team members, whether it's departments or grade levels at the lower grade levels, the word gets out that you're good at what you do and that you're a compassionate, caring pair of ears and empathetic and all those words, they're going to find you or their, their co-teacher, their you know friends next door will show them what you've taught them and they'll start doing it too. So it's, uh, there's just so many different avenues of building relationships, whether it's directly with the teacher or whether it's to a teacher through another teacher or you just, it's, it's, You feel overwhelmed at first, but you really can make such a big impact in such a short amount of time in a
1: school. You you know, we we can certainly do an entire hour on this topic, but before we move on from it here, um, I want to throw one more angle at this. What would you say is the difference between working with administration in the lower grades versus the upper grades? An elementary might have one principal, maybe an assistant, and that's it. In the upper grades, you have deans and assistants and supervisors and rows department and rows and the heads. department heads, right? Like you might yeah. have to make an appointment with the principal versus, Hey, the door's always open.
2: So I'm, I'm going to talk again. I'm sorry that I keep I'm ho- hogging the conversation, but uh, at, as a high school tech coach, I think for the first couple of years, I really let my lack of regular meetings with admin, like get in my way. And then I realized like, no, it's the department heads. I need to be going to directly because that's the, that's the like path of least resistance in terms of like having an effect on a global scale in the school, rather than, you know, trying to hit the principal. I do try to meet with the principal regularly, but that, and he's a supporter and a champion and all that stuff. But I, there's little impact that happens in my meetings directly with him. That's more of like a check check the boxes yes i'm on the right track i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing like what do you have coming up summer pd fall pd like what the bigger picture bigger vision stuff it's the department heads where i've gone in this year for the first time in my three years there and said i'm i'm coming in right sorry jeff go ahead
1: no no, no you're you're you're, you're we're, we're phasing about i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna do an edit point here just just because jen you're you're phasing in and out a little bit here all right uh, my wi-fi i apologize that's okay and Jen, I, I I totally get that. Um, Barbara, what do you think? What when you work with administrators, how do you? What advice do you have?
3: Well, my administrators come to me and they ask me, like, "Hey, we're having we're having a problem when it comes to Teams with a certain uh, with a certain group of teachers. They're not utilizing it. How how can you best help them?" set things up and and utilize it better for for students and right then and there I'm always like well are they teacher focused or are they more student focused because that makes that makes a huge difference if you are student centered you're always thinking through the lens of how can I make this better for my students Versus, if you're teacher focused, you're only focused on okay, how am I going to help myself get through this unit, this lesson? Uh, so it's just looking through, looking at it through different different lenses.
1: If you have any questions such as this that you'd like to have us cover on a show, even if you'd like to be a guest and discuss it with us, please feel free to reach out to us. You can always head on over to askthetechcoach.com, send us a message, DM me on Facebook or on Twitter over at Ask the Tech Coach. We would love to hear from you guys. After all, that's why we call this Ask the Tech Coach. Sue, I don't know about you, but... In my district, we are looking to wrap things up. We're starting to talk about the summertime. We're starting to figure out when our summer meetings are, when our PD is, what even next year is going to look like, what buildings we're going to be in. How are things with you in your district as you start to move on and look forward? And what are some of the things that are on your mind as an instructional coach?
4: Well, I've been sending out some of the stuff that we're getting ready to kind of go over and remind you. I've been sending out those emails just in the past several days as we record this, cleaning out your Google Classroom. What to do with your files if you're moving to a different district or if you're retiring? What am I going to do with all those files? And I might want to take some of them with me and making sure the teachers know about, um, you know, what's legal to take with them, what, what the district allows you to do. And just cleaning up, our, um, we're archiving Google Classrooms, we're collecting devices. I'm working closely with our IT department in collecting Chromebooks. So all of those things have to come to fruition and the teachers have to be communicated with
1: somehow. And that's where we are too. And Jen, when you're looking at this end of the sure. year, end of the year. Do you have what are the things that you're talking to your, your fellow coaches on what should we be thinking about this time of year as, as uh you know we're wrapping up? i know for me we're not coaching but we're very busy this time of year so what's on your plate right now what do you what what do you recommend to other coaches
2: um so i am trying to be as um kind of laid back and not in their face as I normally would be with, you know, giving them opportunities um, for, for professional development and things like that. But I do want to offer them some opportunities for them to just make sure that digitally they are in a good place. So that means like their Google drives look good. Their um, Google classrooms are archived just so they don't walk into chaos in august when we come back um so i give them i am building out a, a professional development kind of i do monthly campaigns and um my monthly campaign for june that i'm creating with another colleague in a, another district we're both doing it together and we're actually presenting on this at, at isti um a plug for our presentation if anybody wants to come if you're going to be in at isti i can provide you more information about that later but um we like to focus on something sort of like topical every month. So this month is just mission summer and it's giving them tasks to complete. And they'll get a fun little badge at the end to say that my drive is clean and my Google classrooms are ready to go for next year. And, uh, my Gmail is, you know, filtered and organized and is inbox zero and my vacation responder is set and I'm ready for summer. So just little things like that, that, you know, fun little incentives, but, it gets them ready for, you know, to be able to just like relax and be ready for summer and not have to worry, worry that they're going to come back to complete digital chaos in the fall.
1: Barbara, what advice do you have?
3: Well, I can tell you for uh, being a Microsoft Teams school district or at the secondary level, at least we are, um, do not delete your teams <laughs> so we don't in my school district i don't know about others but in my school district we do not have the ability to archive a teams or a class teams uh so but i've heard other teachers in my building saying oh i'm so looking forward to deleting this teams and i you know my eyes immediately pop out going no no don't, please don't delete them because you have, you've put in so much work in organizing, structuring and posting your assignments through that, through that medium. Don't delete it because you can, you can pull that assignment saying, you know, create from another, uh, another teams. Yep. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So So that's been my huge thing right now with, I just did a PD um, the other day with my colleagues and I told them, please do not delete your stuff because you have, you've put in all of the hard work. Don't, don't, you don't have to redo it again and again and again.
1: You know, Sue, it's those kinds of things like that. And, you know, we can say the same thing on the Google classroom side. I almost want to update my email signature. So that way, every time I send an email, it's just there over the next few weeks.
4: Yes, girl. Oh, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with my stuff? And, and link to it right there. Yeah. If you that's say,
2: a really good idea.
1: If you say that click is. here for my latest newsletter, no one cares. But nope. if, you, if you just type in a link that says learn how to save 55 hours over the next two days or something, like, <laughs> people are going to click on that stuff. And and you know, I, I'm glad that Barbara mentioned this and, you know, I'm just whenever I do Google Classroom training, whenever I do Teams training, I always recommend as you're building your course, build a Teams or build a Google Classroom for your course. That way, when you're actually in the class that your kids are in, you're pulling from the original. That way you can archive your class or you can do something with it and you know that you're not destroying like the mothership kind of a thing. Um pro tip on that. Barbara, what are some of the other things? I mean, are you looking at summertime PD? Are you trying to get teachers to get together? Are you looking for end-of-year things? Um what's in front of you?
3: Well, um, I actually just did I just did a thing on um yeah, how to enjoy a guilt-free summer by doing three things before the school year ends, and that is declutter your space, your files and your equipment. Uh, Another tip is evaluate your own current systems and routines that you have going on now. Because if you are, you're in the classroom right now, you are already doing all of the work. You see what is working and what isn't working. So start writing down little notes, jot notes of what works and what doesn't. And possibly you have a bunch of class materials that are maybe getting destroyed and going, okay, this isn't working. And so when, if you write that information down now, you're saving yourself a whole lot more work in August when you, yes, you only, you have three days you get to prepare your classroom before students arrive. So yeah, start jotting notes down of what works, what doesn't, what systems, routines that you have that have been excellent and maybe throw away some stuff.
1: I do a course called Stop, Drop and Get Organized and I love doing that this time of year and and just to kind of give you a few things that I talk about, you know, check I'm going to talk Google Drive for a second here everybody, but you know, check everything that you've ever starred for this year. Do you want to unstar it? You know, Are there things that are in your shared with me that you might want to put into my drive so that way you can remember them instead of having them, you know, floating in space from months and months and months ago? You know, making sure things are named the right way, looking in your my drive for everything called untitled Document, right? Deleting those, making sure that those are good, getting rid of stuff, going into your Google Forms and either uh, deleting all of their responses or unlinking them from the spreadsheet and re you know, basically just spend five or 10 minutes a day, just reset all of the chapters to get yourself ready for next year. I'd rather walk in as, as you guys were saying, walk in next year with a, as clean of a room as possible, rather than nobody wants to come back from vacation and see their bedroom with socks all over the floor, I guess is what I'm looking at.
4: And I want to quickly, um, talk to you coaches out there who have teachers who might be leaving your district as sad as that may be and just making sure they understand what's going on and i've learned this through the years as a tech coach because they'll they'll even go to another district and then they'll be contacting us oh can i get access to this this or this because i made that slideshow or i made this awesome video but Make sure, you, first of all, you as a tech coach are aware of your district's intellectual property policy. That should be somewhere in your employee handbook, I would think. And then help your IT department, your administrative department, make those teachers aware of intellectual property. In other words, a lot of districts, if you make something and you create something in the district's, on the district's time, in that district's Google Drive or Microsoft, wherever that's stored it becomes the property of the district. Now, that's not saying that they will not let you take it, but you probably in some form or fashion have to agree to leave them a copy of it if you've created this awesome curriculum map or whatever. Like, for example, we typically let our teachers take a copy of what they've done, but we just ask that they leave a copy for us to use as a school district. So just make sure that those people are aware of that. And then teach them how to best take their files with them. So if you're a Google Workspace for Education district, teach them how to use Google Takeout or get with your IT department, see how they want you to handle things. And then if you're a Microsoft district, simply download the files and move forward.
1: And and what you said is so important. I have been in the situation where I was the one promoting Google Takeout, not realizing that my district turned that feature off. Yes and then I was the one with sour grapes.
4: Work with your IT department and definitely know those things.
1: And that's a hard thing, right? Like you can't go to your tech director and say, why did you turn it off? Like he turned it off for a reason. He or she turned it off for a reason, right? Like so making sure that you understand where things are, making sure that you understand how things are working here. All of that stuff is important as you go through here. Um, Did we miss anything? Is there anything else that we want to add to that conversation?
4: I think we got that covered and Jen has some great links and Barbara that they're sharing on the show notes, so take a look at those when you get a chance.
1: Absolutely. I highly recommend checking everything out. We have been taking notes this entire time over at ask the tech coach podcast 194. And, you know, j- soon next week, we have another great round table coming on a, l- a few yes. more coaches coming on to talk about what's happening in their world of instructional coaching. And we would love to have you on this show. Um, of course, the easiest way is to head on over to ask the com. Find us over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Let us know. We would love to have you on. I always say, bring a smile, bring a topic, and we will do the rest for you guys. Make sure that you have that. You guys, I want to say thank you as we wrap up this. Uh, Barbara, where do we find more information about the great things that you're doing now and through the summertime?
3: Yeah. So I have my own podcast, and it's called Connect. So C O N N E C T F C S, as in Family Consumer Sciences Ed. For education so and you can find that podcast on all of your favorite streaming platforms along with the website and where you'll see my fat head <laughs> And along with um yeah you can find me on twitter tiktok facebook uh linkedin so the at connect fcs ed
1: then where do we find out about the great things that you're doing
2: You can find me on Twitter at Blended Love Girl.
1: Nice. Susan, what's going on these days with uh, Tech Imaginations?
4: Well, look for me over on YouTube and my website, techimaginations.net and Susan Susan Vincent's Tech Imaginations on YouTube. And I've got a, a great set of videos on some of the stuff we just talked about of decluttering and archiving your Google Classroom. All those things are over there on my YouTube channel. So check it out.
1: Well, I want to say thank you to Sue, Jen, and Barbara for being a part of Ask the Tech Coach this week. Love to have you guys be on the show. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button for this. And while you're over here listening to your podcast, check out The Edge, a brand new ISTE Community Leaders podcast. Guaranteed to help you guys learn a little bit about ISTE, get you ready for the ISTE conference and work with you guys this summer on all the great professional development opportunities that are out there around the educational atmosphere. And that wraps up this episode what, number 194 for Ask the Tech Coach. On behalf of Barbara, Jen, Sue, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.